Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Have you heard? The bird is the word. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, after a four-game sweep of the Rays at Camden Yards, the Orioles are going west, young man. Throw away that decaf coffee, 336ers, because we're in for some late nights ahead. We've got our first audio submission for the Anyone Can Podcast segment, and even though our fearless leader is halfway around the world in Tanzania, Africa, the endearingly stuttering Matt Sroka will regale us with a storytime segment of his very own. All that and more on today's episode of Section 336. Buckle up, birds, be ready to ride. Your host, Max, Josh, the bird, are ready to fly. Baltimore's best, section 336. The number one sports broadcast gets your fix. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. What up, 336ers? I am the zany Burt Rohde. Thank you for joining us here at section 336. The next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am the zany Burt Rohde. This is episode 170. Today is Tuesday, June 28th. I am joined this week by my partner in crime, the button lover, Josh Soroka. Josh is in New Jersey. I'm in Middle River, Maryland. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, Matt Soroka is all the way around the world in Tanzania, Africa. Not able to join us live but he will be featured a little later in the show, so make sure you tune in for that. A couple things I want to touch on real quick before we get to the meat of the episode this week. The Orioles are coming off of a huge four-game sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays here at Camden Yards. Friday night was a great start where we saw Gallardo give up three runs in the first inning and then clean up his act. Those three runs were the only runs given up to the Rays up until the Sunday night game where Chris Tillman started and actually failed to impress but benefited from a come-from-behind victory. Uh, Friday night also was a come-from-behind victory, um, again, considering that uh, Gallardo gave up those three runs in the first inning. The Orioles came back to win that game on Friday uh, by a score of 6-3. Uh, to three. Like I said, those three runs were the only ones they scored. Tuesday, uh, Saturday afternoon, Kevin Galsman, untouchable for seven and two-thirds innings. The Orioles go on to shut out the uh, Rays five to nothing in that day game on Saturday afternoon. Saturday night, Josh and I were actually there at the game uh, where Tillman struggled. Uh, the uh, Rays actually led four to nothing at one point before the Orioles' bats finally came alive. We ended up winning that game eight to six, and then on Sunday. We just killed the Tampa Bay Rays. Final score, 12-5. Tyler Wilson, he wasn't great, but again, when your team scores 12 runs in support, you don't have to be all that great. Monday, we had the day off. 
but we saw teams like the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees all lose on a day that the Orioles had off, which is huge. Uh, gives them, well, I say huge, uh, but it puts another half-game lead for the Orioles there, where we currently lead the Red Sox by four games going into Tuesday night. Tuesday night, we are in San Diego. Nine-game West Coast road trip coming up. Uh, we've got Tuesday night starting at 10-10, so make sure you drink your coffees, take a nap, stay up late, or you could be like me and Joshua. We just check our phones in the middle of the night uh, after the games are already over to see the results. Um, and then Wednesday... They, they do us a little bit of a favor, and they give us a 3.40 p.m. start here on the uh, East Coast. Um, two games in San, San Diego, four games in Seattle, where we will not see Felix Hernandez, at least according to the uh, current pitching projections um, that they have on ESPN.com. But we do have to face Hisashi Iwakuma on Sunday, uh, scheduled to start for the Mariners on Sunday. You might remember that he no-hit the Orioles last year. Uh, and then the rest, rest of the road trip wraps up in Los Angeles against the National League Dodgers. Three games against the Dodgers. Again, Monday and Tuesday are night games starting at 9-10 and 10-10, respectively. But then on Wednesday, they throw us a bone. They get us starting at 3-10 p.m. in the afternoon, which uh, we are all big fans of here. So uh, just to touch on those games briefly, and then uh, Josh and I really got into a good conversation about the uh, All-Star game coming up and the voting. Okay. I just hit record now. I'm sorry about that. I was so excited sorry. to get started. Um, um, okay, so uh, let's say that wraps you, up. Huh? Yeah. Well, I was just. We can just continue with. Did you see the All Star voting updates? No. This weekend with the homestand did a big push on the jumbotron and the trout. Uh, not trout. Trumbo t-shirts on Sunday to really push to get Trumbo into the All Star game. Where do we stand right now? You have it in front of you? Yeah, I do. We've got Chris Davis is third among first basemen. Okay. Uh, Manny Machado is first by about 600,000 okay. votes above Donaldson. So he's a lock with one week left. Yeah, I would think Machado's, so. I, I, was, a lock. I was worried you were going to tell me the, the uh, margin had narrowed between him and Donaldson, but I still think that's, a, that's pretty much a lock. Uh, that is. Then uh, we've got no no shortstop, no second base, no DH. Although uh, Scope, Scope has had the most ridiculous month so far. Uh, not he that has, it, not it, it gets him in the All Star game, but it's worth noting. No, he's not. He's not a national name yet. Yeah. And we talk a lot of time about how this All Star voting is a, a popularity contest. Oh, of course. Catching Matt Wieters is number two, but he is two million votes behind. 2,600 votes behind. Now, is that behind the, Salvador, the Kansas City catcher? Salvador Perez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that locked. He's the lead-in vote-getter uh, in the American League. Okay. Even above David Ortiz. Sure. In the outfield, we got Mike Trout, Jackie Brownlee Jr., Mookie Bratz, Lorenzo Cain, then Mark Trumbo. Okay, all right. So Trumbo's about, uh, what is that, 200,000? Out of third place. And there's three days left? Uh, next Tuesday, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay. 
So about a week out, until, at least till they announce. Sure. What I've been saying like for months that Adam Jones was going to be a lock, but that's starting to look foolish now. Yeah, he's uh, number 13. Okay, never mind. I take that back. <laughs> he's got 726,000 votes. All right. All right. I mean, he's no still one, a popular a... guy, but yeah. And he's been another guy who's been red hot this month since putting I mean, him in the leadoff spot. Yeah, he's a, he deserves to be higher. He's had a great series. That game that we went to Saturday night with Tillman, whatever the, as far as the bats went, Adam Jones is the guy who saved that game by a dive and catch in the outfield that saved at least three runs oh, off yeah. the scoreboard. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so uh, let me get this straight then, because uh, Machado's a lock. The, so the top ones are Machado with a lock. Uh, yeah. Weeders is currently number two in the catcher not spot. Not going to go. Not, gonna, not going to start. No fan vote. Right. And Davis is at number three, still fairly far behind. And Trumbo yes. is on the verge. All right, here's my opinion, though. If, um, you know, guys like Davis, Trumbo, and Weeders, at least, are not, most likely, unless something happens dramatically in these vote uh, totals, they're not going to start. But number two, at least for Matt Weeders, what other catchers in the American League are going to get selected as backups? I mean, do you th- still think Weeders goes? Yeah, I think Weeders could go. And I think Trumbo's, Trumbo's definite, too, regardless of whether he gets voted to start or not. I would ass- I would assume Trumbo is at least in the home run derby. Mm-hmm. I would think he gets that invite. Uh, the problem with the backups, the trickiness becomes, you know, the role of one player from each team. Mm-hmm. So it's balancing that out. Yeah, yeah. I think what what works for the Orioles is we're still going to have three or four All-Stars because I think Brad Brock and Zach Britton go as our pitchers. Maybe Chris Tillman because those guys are all out to hot starts. And for some reason, fans don't vote on pitching. Right. Yeah, that's always been the case. Um, the game is in San Diego at the Padres ballpark, Petco Park. Does that mean the pitchers yeah, have to bat? We'll be tonight. Uh, no. I believe... Uh, you should have asked me this before we started recording. <laughs> but I believe it is your choice. Okay. Like American League plays with the DH, National League plays without. That doesn't make sense, though. Well, and I apologize for not asking that beforehand, but had this been a normal show where we're in our studio and not on the Skype call, this would be the perfect opportunity for the intern to look it up for us later. Um, and I'm, I'm just looking right now that, uh, the, the voting actually ends on, uh, July, June 30th, which is, uh, Thursday. So we don't have over the weekend three, three, six, okay. if you want to get those last minute votes in for Mark Trumbo, Adam Jones, Chris Davis, and Matt Wieters. And if you just want to put a little insurance on that Manny Machado start, go ahead and get those votes in. And I say that facetiously because I have not voted a single time myself. And then in 2010, they changed the all-star rule so that it's always with a DH. Okay, fair enough. There you go. Which I guess makes sense. You want to show off your stars. Well, and There's <laughs> only a handful of pitchers you'd want to show off batting. Now that, I th- now that I think about it, it makes sense because isn't... We're voting for the DH. Yeah, <laughs> David Ortiz is yes. leading it. Yes. So the answer to that question was right in front of our faces this whole time. So uh, that's why you tune into Section 336, to get that kind of hardcore information, especially when... Right. Get, get the, the obvious answers. The endearing, stuttering Matt Sroka is not here 
to uh, captain the ship. Um, that, so that might have frustrated him. <laughs> yeah, he'd be calling us a bunch of knuckleheads right right about now. Um, so this uh, West Coast road trip starts tonight in San Diego. We're recording this before the Tuesday night game is played at ten ten p.m. tonight. So I think I will be having a large coffee around eight o'clock tonight. Try and stay up at least for the first few innings because typically I'm dozing off by nine thirty on a good night. Um, tonight, Abaldo Jimenez gets another start. He uh, he was decent in his spot start uh, last week when we basically well, had it, we had no choice but to give him another start. It's a full rematch. It's Jimenez versus Johnson, just like it was in Baltimore. Oh, very good. And that is, uh, I believe his name is Eric Johnson, uh, yep. the uh, he's, Padres pitcher. Yeah, he doesn't have a win. I think he's like 0-7. 0-5, according he's to ESPN. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not been a great pitcher for them. But he, I remember watching him, and he looked good at first. We were a little worried, but the Orioles eventually got to him. It's nice that we've now seen this guy. Uh, just a few days ago, so we get to go back at him. Yeah, just uh, back on June 22nd, so that was six six days ago, less than a week ago. Right, uh, last Tuesday. He only lasted four innings in that game, gave up nine hits, six earned runs, two home runs. Um, so uh, hopefully this will be a chance. Again, the Orioles can jump all over this guy early. Um, Abaldo gave up one run in the first inning against San Diego last week and then straightened himself out, ended up giving up only two earned runs over six innings before Brock and Britton took over the reins from there. I, I would love to just have a rematch of last week. Uh, same game and same result. We won that game 7-2. to two. Uh, Get the first one out of the way. Again, San Diego's not a very good ball club. Uh, we should trample all over them the same way we did in Tampa Bay, but the wild card here, Josh, is the pitchers have to bet. <laughs> I even with our all star conversation, I did not that did not strike me until just now. Yeah, yeah, I saw your eyes light explain, up on the Skype. <laughs> yeah, because I'll get excited. Well, Jimenez, not so much. There's some other pitchers I'd like to see bat. Um, Bud Norris was always a fun guy to bat. Sure. Well, and he had a so. Oh no, he didn't have mine. I was gonna say he had National League experience because he came from the Astros, but. The Astros were in the American League at the time. Right. I, I still get that confused no. five years he's, later. He's with the Braves, so he's getting some bats there, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's fun. I, I. It also makes me wonder if that's why we brought up another lefty, I guess. I mean, we brought up McFarlane. We're bringing McFarlane up today. Yes, McFarlane's back. Um, so, I mean, wasn't Tolliver a lefty, though? I mean, Tolliver's I the guy so. who went down. Um, I don't know. It's interesting because McFarlane hasn't looked good in Baltimore. No, he, he hasn't. He came up for the doubleheader. He did not look good then. Uh, I mean, he so got I the win. He got the win, but he was just because he was the beneficiary of all the hits that came, you yes. know, that come from behind victory. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might have something to do with, I mean, he's got more experience than Asher Tolliver on the major league level. And, I mean, maybe the at-bats had something to do with it. I don't know. It is only two games right now in San Diego. The bigger... Threat comes uh, starting next Monday on the 4th of July where we go to the Los Angeles Dodgers for three games who are a good team um, with at least Clayton Kershaw, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, um, is the bigger concern. But, uh, you know, I the biggest thing that annoys me about the National League and the interleague play is just the eight. It's a, you only have to retire eight guys. League. 
yeah, that, there's always that. But then your number eight patter becomes so much more important. Uh, I mean, you might as well they put somebody like Flaherty at number eight because they got uh, Jimenez batting next or Giovanni Gallardo batting next after that. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. We'll, um, it means we'll see Pedro get one at bat. Nolan Rymel get one at bat. Yes. Yep. Yep. A lot of pinch hitters, especially late in the game. Um, but I, that would be a, a huge reason for getting an early lead off a guy like Eric Johnson, who's prone to giving up a lot of runs in short outings. Um, you get you get yourself a five, six, seven run lead. You know, by the third, fifth, fourth, fifth, or sixth inning, you you can afford to let those guys cruise. You know, give them the automatic outs here and there. Um, but uh, after that, we got the two games in Seattle. After that, four games in Seattle. Sorry, two in San Diego, four in Seattle. Four in Seattle. Yep. Um, according to ESPN, we do not get um, Felix Hernandez at all. Um, That'll be good. It's still some time off to – it seems hard to play four games and not get – Felix Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. So there could easily be an adjustment where we get them. Sure. I mean, my Se- Seattle's a decent team. They're 500 ball right now. Yes. They're kind of struggling. What's amazing is that the Texas Rangers have been playing so well that Seattle at 500 is 11 and a half games out of it. Wow. And second place or no, third place? Third place. Okay. Houston in second place is 10 and a half. Wow. Texas That's has a huge we, lead. Yeah. Right, that's what we got to do in this American League. Yeah, we need to make make out a lead like that where Texas can sit back, uh, especially going into the All Star break. Uh, you know, like you said, we have a four and a half game lead over the Red Sox right now going into Tuesday night. That's great, um, but that's to me that's not enough. And and because of this West Coast road trip, um, there's the chance that four and a half game lead could dwindle significantly between now and the All Star break, or if they step up to step up to the occasion, we could go in the All Star break with close to ten game lead. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The, I was going to say this about Seattle, Josh. My biggest concern is who's scheduled to pitch on Sunday afternoon. Um, for one thing, Jimenez is scheduled to start again for the Orioles, but for the Seattle Mariners, Hiroshi, no, it Hasashi Iwakuma who we all remember fondly as the pitcher who no-hit the Orioles last year. Uh, do you see a repeat performance of that on Sunday? No way. There's <laughs> no way we go into there not prepared for this guy. This guy made us look like a fool last year. You don't get away with that twice. He's currently 6-6 six and and six with a 4.45 ERA, but you never know. He might have that touch where we can't even get the, the bat on the ball on Sunday. No way. I think Ubaldo's start on Sunday is still up in the air, depending on how he pitches tonight. Agreed. Night. I agree completely. I, I would like nothing more than to see him continue to improve, get on the upswing a little bit. But if he struggles tonight, if he only pitches two-thirds of an inning and gives up six runs, they're going to find somebody else. Vance. They're going to – yeah, Vance Worley will be coming back next Sunday or next Monday. Uh, Sunday, yeah. Guarantee on that. Um just real briefly before we get into uh, the next segment, I I just want to remind everybody that we have uh, these nine games on the West Coast, three more back at home against the Angels. That's 12 total before the All-Star break. So uh, we're coming down the home stretch. And, and I think the way they schedule it now, the All-Star it's break. the home stretch. 
We're going down to halfway. Well, but that's... The All-Star break. Right, right, right. Um, and I think the way they schedule it, the All-Star break isn't exactly halfway anymore. Like, I think it's no. later in the year. Uh, what are we, 45 and 30? That's 75 games. So sometime while we're out in the West Coast, we're actually going to hit the the middle mark of uh, 81 games. Um, and then we got a few more. So we'll be a little more than halfway when we get to the All-Star break. Uh, where a few of the Orioles will be going back to San Diego. Did you see the pictures? I think uh, Tyler Wilson tweeted a picture of a couple of the guys went to the San Diego Zoo yesterday. Um, I didn't see. Uh, I think it was him and Adam Jones, Joey Rickard, one other guy. They took their picture in front of the zoo and tweeted it out. Um, and everyone was saying, oh, I love these guys. It's so good to see these guys um, enjoying themselves on their day off out on the West Coast. But part of me was thinking that is only because we're coming off a four-game sweep. We're in first place, 15 games over 500. If we had a series against the Rays like we did against the Astros where we didn't score any runs, we struck out 52 times, I guarantee the Oriole Twitterverse will be screaming at their computer, typing out uh, tweets like, shouldn't you guys be in the batting cage? Why aren't you guys practicing? You know, it's, it's funny how the uh, – at least that's my line of thinking uh, where I would be going with it. But the – the emotions can swing just based on how the team is doing. And, and they deserve a day off. They should go to the zoo and see all the animals. Good for them. Keep winning baseball games. That's all we really care about. Mandy uh, laughs at me when I watch the Orioles because she says, I'm either excited and say they're doing great, or I say they all suck and they're a horrible team. <laughs> but there's no middle ground. Yes, we've seen your tweets, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and one more thing. You, uh, call you me, don't want to talk about this rumor, do you? Call me crazy, Josh, but Twitter was blowing up this afternoon when I was at work about Bud Norris maybe coming back to the Orioles. Was that just... Because he had one good outing. He had that, one good outing in Atlanta. But but I'm asking you, though, is that because there's actual rumors and talking, or is that because our good friend Ryan Blake just had a hot take one afternoon and wrote a blog post about it, and that's the only meat behind it? Or is there really something going on to this? Bud Norris had a really good outing this weekend. He pitched seven innings of four-hit ball with eight strikeouts against the Mets. That's my big bet. He's got a 2.15 ERA in his last five starts. Good for him. So that, that good Bud Norris that we all liked is kind of showing that he might be coming back. And that's and, for the worst team in baseball in the Atlanta Braves right now. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see... I, I'd love to have him back. If he's pitching like that, he's better than Ubaldo. I Do I see the Orioles getting him back? I do not. I think he goes to Miami. <laughs> well, I, uh, I mean, I don't really see it happening either, but I will say I'm all for it happening, and I would love to see it happen. And Of course, I, then your jerseys are all worth I still more. get to wear – I still wear my Bud Norris jersey all the time, regardless that he's not even on the team anymore. And – my question then would be, does he then have to pay uh, Hyunsu Kim to get the number 25 jersey back, or do I need to then order a brand new uh, uh, jersey for Bud Norris, whatever number he picks? I don't know. Uh, I know I'm going to say he's going to have to pay a lot if he gets one step back, because we've all learned Kim is stubborn. He is stubborn. If it's going to help the <laughs> team by going down the triple A, he's not going down the triple A. No. There's no way he gives up number 25 even if it doesn't mean anything to him. And I don't even know what Bud, like, Bud, I think he wears number 20 in Atlanta right now. Um, so 
maybe he would have wanted number 20 when he played for the Orioles, but they weren't going to give it to him. Obviously, it's Frank Robinson's retired number. So maybe he's got another number that is really his go-to. That's his lucky jersey number from college or something. I don't know. If the intern, again, was here, I'd have him look up what Bud Norris's college jersey number was. But uh, we'll be back in studio soon enough and put the world's worst intern to work for us. Um, now, Norris was picked up by Atlanta this summer, this winter. Yeah. Is that a one-year deal, a multi-year deal? I, I do is not that... know. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll find out for you uh, next week. <laughs> All right. Here's some homework for you. There you go. I, I, and more, more homework for the intern if he, if he were here. Uh all right, let's move on to a segment. We've, uh, we've touched on this uh, for a couple weeks now. Obviously, we're on a Skype call today. Uh, Matt is in Africa. I'm heading down to Florida for a few weeks, um, starting very soon. And we are, we are not stopping this Section 336 uh, program for you. We are always weekly. We're always going to be here. Um, but uh, Josh very well can't do them by himself. We'd like to have some guests, some uh, guest hosts, and... As we've heard, it it doesn't take a whole lot of talent to be able to podcast. Anyone can podcast. We've asked listeners for 336ers to send us short audio segments um, via email to section336podcast at gmail.com. Keep sending them to us because we've gotten a couple in already. Folks who We're only playing the good ones. We are, on, we are only going to play the good ones here on the show. And we did get a very good one this week by one of our good friends, one of our favorite Twitter followers in Guadzilla, who uh, I believe Guadzilla is a Chicago guy, isn't he? I don't know. He's on Twitter. I'm pretty He's, sure Guadzilla is a Chicago guy. On Twitter, everyone's in Baltimore. That's true. So even even if Guadzilla gets to uh, participate in the show, he also may be a Skype. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll get more information from him. But he sent us a great entry, and Josh is going to play that for us right now. Orioles Magic. Heard after Orioles victories, this song is beloved by O's fans everywhere. Written 36 years ago, Orioles magic, feel it happen, remains a staple of this ball club. But what does it really say about our team? I'm here to break this song down and see what this Orioles anthem really says. So, let's dig in, line by line. Something magic happens every time you go. Alright, we're 12 seconds in and we've already hit problems. Show of hands, who out there has seen magic every time they've gone? Now put your hand down, you liar. I went to 12 games before I saw the Orioles win. 12! You make the magic happen. The magic of Orioles baseball. The fact that I have to make the magic happen is a lot of pressure. The only thing I want to make at the ballpark is a decision about whether I'm getting pork or turkey at Boog's Barbecue. When the game is close and the yokes are hot, there's a thundering roar from 34 to give it all they've got. No jokes here. Rest in peace, Wild Bill. You're an inspiration to us all. Who's gonna hear the call? Every game does a different star. That's the magic of all real baseball. 
Now, what does that really say about our team? If every game has a different star, you don't have any stars. We don't have a guy we can count on every night. What we have is a lottery. You know, just in case you didn't know how to spell it. Magic, 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 magic. Something magic happens every time you go. Every time is a bit of an overstatement. At time of recording, the Orioles have a 1,492 win, 1,396 loss, 3-tie regular season record at home since the song was released. Really, something magic happens about 51% of the time. Oh yeah, you heard me right. There were three ties in there. I didn't even know that was possible. Maybe that's the magic they're alluding to? It's hard to say. You know, I paid to get into this stadium. If I'm really the one making the magic happen, I shouldn't have given you $20 to do it. When we lose, when we score the runs, nothing could be more exciting, nothing could be more fun. That's not even the most fun you can have involving Earl Weaver. On September 17, 1980, Earl Weaver famously got in a shouting match with umpire Bill Haller, and I watch it every day on YouTube for inspiration. There's a love affair between you and the team. Better not tell your wife about that. You're the reason we win when we win, and you know what the magic means. Alright, man. If you say that I'm the reason, I'm going to be the reason. Somebody get me a bat. I'm pinch hitting. I'm sorry, what was that? Wait, I'm sorry. What was it that you wanted me to feel? One more time! So, that's the long and short of it. We support a team that requires supernatural magic to win, has no consistent stars, and can only win if the fans somehow will it to be so. Look, don't get me wrong, I love this song. But just like every decision made by the Orioles' front office, it's the job of all of us to review it critically. Tune in next week when I break down the Kim Hyun-soon theme song. Take it easy, Birdland. Oh man, the only thing, I, I think Guadzilla needs to come on the show because I need a breakdown of the uh, Kim Hyun-soo Hyun Kim theme song. Like there's got to be more lyrics to it that might be near and dear to Hyun-soo's heart, you know, why he chose that song. Um, he, he's going to have to break that down for me because uh, I need to know. Let's see, I think 
we don't need them to break it down. That might be some work for us. We need some English American lyrics for the song. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Uh, something about his own bass percentage because that guy gets on bass like it's his job, and it's so crazy. It's ugly, but he gets on. Yeah, yeah, that that works for me, man. Uh, you know, we we talked about it in almost every episode that we we recorded from Sarasota this past March where we had our eyes on Hyunsoo Kim. He played almost every game that we attended, I think if not all three of them, where he went hitless in all three of them. I think he went 0 for 36 or something ridiculous like that before he finally got a hit. Um, and now it's a complete opposite. And, you know, we've touched on him quite a bit, but uh, I am nothing but thrilled for the way Hyunsoo Kim is playing baseball right now for the Orioles, and I hope he keeps it up. Um, Thank you, Godzilla. And if anyone else wants to send in their entries, email them to section336podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Keep them coming. We got we got some slots to fill in the coming weeks uh, while some of your favorite hosts are unavailable. Um, Josh, do we have a song for three up, three down? I don't think we do. Don't we? I don't know. I can hit this. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything is awesome yeah. when it's three up. That works this way. <laughs> now, uh, and then when we do three down, it's got to be like, everything is crappy. Uh, three oh, yeah. up, three we, down. We have a sad version of that, right? <laughs> um, this is our segment where each one of your hosts, Matt, Josh, and Bert, uh, will give you three up, three positive things for the week, and then three down, three negative things from the week. Since the endearingly stuttering Matt Soroka is not here, we will have to go for two up, two down. Um I don't know how much sense that makes, but we're going to go for it. Uh, Josh, let me start with a positive because I've got an up. You know what? This is like softball when you start one and one. Okay, there you go. Uh, something like that. Uh, my up this week has to do with a couple of the games that I've attended recently. Uh, I, I talked about it on last week's show where I went on Father's Day and they gave away the Newsboys cap. And uh, I got an extra one for you. And then this past Saturday night, uh, I got there early enough to get the Orioles batting practice pullover, which if you were on the Skype call, you can see I'm wearing right now. Uh, three up, uh, positive for the Orioles in their recent giveaways, and they've still got plenty more great ones up ahead. Uh, Sunday, they gave away the Trumbo jerseys, uh, T-shirts. Um, a plus Lame. for these giveaways. Uh, the The thing is, though, Josh, at least for these good ones, they're not. They're not joking around. You got to get there early if you want to get one. Yeah, I did not get the batting practice pullover. Yeah, and I got there. I, I I got there pretty early too. I got there. I think, I think it was. An, in. I was an hour early, and it was for the first twenty thousand fans. And as I was going through the uh, metal detector, I could see the ticket taker ahead of me, and she had a small stack of maybe six of them left in her hand, and there were no more boxes at her feet. So. I think I got one of the last ones, at least in the section that I walked sure. through. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you see something ahead on the schedule for the promotions that you want, uh, you have to get there early or forget about it. Um, what about I've you, got, Josh? I've got the Newsboys hat, and I like it, but I never wear it because I assume you'll be wearing it, and it'd be awkward if we're the two guys in Newsboys <laughs> hats. Yes, I did wear it to quite a few games following that. I th- I've been to three games just this week. Um 
Yeah, I, yeah, it's been a fun week. I'm a big fan of the Newsboy Cap. Uh, it, it definitely, uh, I'm, I like the TV show Peaky Blinders on Netflix, and it reminds me of that, so I'm a big fan. Um, so yeah, A plus like, for the giveaways. And I like that the upcoming giveaways, the anniversary t-shirt and the Manny Gnome are all fans. Yes. Those, so those are, that's I like all fan giveaways. All fans, everybody walking in the door gets one, no matter your age, no matter your gender. You're getting one. Hey, uh, and that reminds me, we should tell everybody, um, Matt, again, is in Africa, but you and I will be there next Friday night for the 1966 World Series 50th anniversary. There's going to be a pregame ceremony. They're giving away a T-shirt. Um, so, uh, I don't know, maybe we can talk after the show. We should maybe set something up because I bet there will probably be a lot of 336ers attending that game. It's a Friday night. Um, so. Maybe we can meet up with everybody and give away – what do we have? Business cards? <laughs> I got an Iron Manny bobblehead. Got one of them. Oh, there you go. Hey, that might entice some people. Um, and we got stickers. Lots of there you stickers. Go. Oh, that's right. We do you a bobblehead You want to know what my stickers. positive is? Yes, I want to hear your positive. Uh, three up, three down. My positive is the Boston Red Sox having a crappy week. They went two yes. and six in the last eight games. And yesterday was just fun. Because as Rodriguez gets blown up by the Tampa Bay Rays, Pedrora goes out and starts chewing him out on the mound, which caused the whole team to then have a team meeting last night. So they got a chance to implode. So right now my positive is the Red Sox. And I'm hoping that David Ortiz takes that bat to a few more telephones and that team implodes over the next couple weeks. I didn't know that about the uh, Pedroia Rodriguez thing or even the team meeting. I'm going to have to read up on that. Um, I've just been seeing them in the loss column, and that's been enough positive for me. But the fact that they could be seeing some implosion within the team and within leadership, I'm all for that. And and to be honest, I, I, I'm almost to the point where I'm more concerned about the Blue Jays than the Red Sox, and you're just further solidifying that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's definitely I think positive. the Red Sox are imploding. Good. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, three negatives. Again, Matt's not here, but I'll start with uh, just the fact that, uh, you know, we, we'll bring you new content every week, even if that means doing a Skype call. I'm not the biggest fans of Skype podcasts. I think our listeners have probably listened to plenty of other podcasts who do the remote recording type thing every single week. And those kinds of podcasts almost become unlistenable after a while where we have a state-of-the-art studio in your house as a uh, benefit. And, um, and so while we will have to be forced to do this Skype thing occasionally, we're grateful that we don't have to do that. And we appreciate you bearing with us um, while we record remotely this week. Well, what's easier to record, a Skype podcast or a, a live-in-a-bar podcast? <laughs> oh, is that something about our uh, knock at our Buffalo Wild Wings shows? <laughs> um, well, I wasn't going to call out the place, but I was going to say, yeah, it's kind of hard to hear when we're on the opposite sides of the table sometimes. Yes, yes. I A few uh, months ago, I suggested to Josh that we need to have the headphones for the Buffalo Wild Wings shows because Josh is sitting like four feet away from me, but I cannot hear him because it's so loud in the bar sometimes. Um yeah, I, I would still take the Buffalo Wild Wings shows over the Skype calls, and I, I hope the 336ers I, would agree with I agree. us on that. I'm kind of dreading editing, it, editing this tonight. <laughs> yeah, you got your homework cut out my, for you tonight. And my negative 
is West Coast Baseball. Yes. Which is strange because I'll be up late this week at this camp working late, so it actually is a positive for this week. But I go home on Friday afternoon. So mm-hmm. when we have a weekend in Seattle with 10 o'clock starts, yeah. or there's some probably some 4 o'clock starts, but it's hard. I love to stay up. There's positives. The positives is the family goes to bed, so I can lay there and watch. The negative is I fall asleep with the TV on in the fourth inning. Then I wake up in the middle of the night to grab my phone, shut off the TV, and check the score, and then wake up in the morning wondering if it was a dream or if the Orioles did win. <laughs> yeah, I do the exact same thing. Uh, yeah, and then you, you wake up like, you know, if you're like me, sometimes the baby will wake me up or something. I'll wake up like 2, 3, 4 in the morning and then look at my phone, and then I get either really happy and I can fall right back to sleep, or I get pissed off and then I can't fall back to sleep and because I, I have to watch yeah, all the exactly. video highlights. <laughs> um, but actually, I'm looking at the schedule here. Out of the nine games here on the West Coast, they actually were pretty good to us, at least as a fan base, because Wednesday is a day game at 3.40 East Coast time, and then we got two late nights, actually three late nights in Seattle, 10.10 p.m. starts. But then the Sunday is a 4.10 p.m. start. And then Los Angeles, 9.10. That's not too bad. 10.10 p.m. But then Wednesday is 3.10 p.m. So the last game of each of these series is a 3 to 4 o'clock game, um, which I think is prime perfect time to watch a baseball game on the East Coast. Um, You can listen to it on the radio on the way home. The game's over in time for primetime television. I'm all for it. What? Who watches primetime television when it's actually supposed to be on? <laughs> well, yeah, and I say that too because uh, now that Game of Thrones season is over, there is literally, literally no shows that I actually watch on television. Uh, it's all Netflix for me uh, this time of year. Yes. Um, all right, Josh, I think we are nearing a wrap-up time and we haven't even gotten to the main segment of today's show our listeners who are loyal 336ers who've been with us since the beginning. Again, this is our fourth season uh, covering Orioles baseball uh, on a weekly basis. And uh, a year or two ago, we provided everybody with a non-sports episode where Matt spent almost the entire episode telling our listeners and telling me and Josh about the time he spent in Africa I believe it was a whole summer, three or four months. No, that was when he went for a year, wasn't it, Josh? Six months. Six months in Africa. Six months. And right before he was supposed to come home, um, I don't want to spoil it, but he may or may not have actually died in Africa. Um, so you have to listen to him tell it in his own words. We provided it here on this week's segment, or this week's episode, as its own segment. We hope you will enjoy it. Keep... Uh, all of your thoughts and prayers with Matt while he is halfway across the world in Tanzania, Africa, doing some good work. And uh, he'll be back with us before you know it. But until then, enjoy this uh, story time. I just want to say the story I'm about to tell you, boys and girls, is 100% true. Buckle up. I do not, I'm not making up a single lick of this. As best as I, rec- I can recall, this story is 100% true. Um, the capital, the, the Annapolis capital, hometown Annapolis, Wrote an article on, on on this about this story, 
um, so you can verify it, even though the reporter was frankly kind of rude to me, and she made a couple inaccurate errors. Like, she kept on saying how much of an idiot I was and how I must have never been a Boy Scout for all the trouble I got myself into. Well, to be fair, you were never a Boy Scout. I was never a Boy Scout. And uh, to be fair, there are some things that you did like that were you could be classified as idiotic right but after coming through this experience and being alive wouldn't you just be grateful alive and, and just be impressed by my story not just critique all the things i did wrong but i'll let you all, all right. be the judge all right so, so let's start i was there for six months my first time there the last couple of days like this village schools international is pretty intense but the last couple of days they let you be they let you be a tourist so i had like two days to be a tourist so I went on a safari the first day. And the second day, we explored the major city of Tanzania. Which how, is how was the safari? Pretty cool. I went on a safari in Zambia, and it was lame. Because really? Zambians eat all the animals. So there were barely any animals. Oh, no, that wasn't true when we were in Tanzania. Um, I was actually, we were actually following a mama elephant and her baby. And at one point, the mama elephant turned around. And we were maybe 50 yards away, so we were a good bit away. But the mama elephant turned and, and charged at us. Like, That's... Like full on charge at us, and 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 like a full on run, and I literally had like one foot out the door ready to run, and our safari guy said, "Don't move, don't move, don't move." Right, because you would be faster than whatever jeep or whatever you were in. Right, but the jeep wasn't moving. Like he was okay. It was in park. It wasn't going anywhere. So he said, "Nobody move." And so the elephant ran, stopped like maybe five feet in front of our jeep, and just stood there. And, like, the elephant and I had a bit of a stare-off. <laughs> he stared down me. I stared down him. Or her, I should say. It was a, it was a mother. Um, and it, it, was, and it, it seemed like an hour, but it was probably, like, two minutes. And then, slowly, the mother turned around and started walking back. And we turned our Jeep and started driving back. And then, not, not two minutes after this event, like, I'm horrified. I'm really horrified. Two minutes after this event happened, um, the safari guy's like, how about we go try to find a lion? I'm thinking, this is out in the wild. I right. don't want to. And then we found a carcass, and then we started going off these like these muddy roads. I'm afraid we're going to get stuck looking for this lion. I'm like, this is, I don't want to do this. This is, let me go to a zoo in America where I see a lion caged up. This is my, insane. Or my, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yeah, my, my <laughs> Disney's my, Animal Kingdom, exactly. My safari was, uh, was about like one step above Disney Animal Kingdom. I got face to face, like we're the distance of Bert and I with a wild hyena. But there was a fence in between us. Really? Yeah. What fence is doing in a safari? Because in Zambia, if they don't fence them in, the people eat them. Poachers? So the only animal I saw Poachers in the wild bad. were like <laughs> cows and uh, a zebra. I saw one zebra. Oh, and monkeys. Lots of monkeys. Yeah. Well, you see, I saw monkeys. You don't have to go to a safari to see a monkey. Just, right, let's, just, get to, let's get to the story. Just come to the, just come to the podcast. See the intern every week. Oh! Monkey. <laughs> All right. Woo, woo, woo. Ah, ah. So it was it was my I, it was my last day in Tanzania. The next day, I was gone on a flight eight a.m. I was flying back to America, um, and I and so I had I had this one day to explore the capital of, of Tanzania, Dar es Salaam. And so part of exploring, and I'm with I'm with two other quote unquote friends. Like I just met them because we were all flying back together to America, but they really weren't friends. But we were all together, so I guess you want to call us friends. Um. Lisa and Mike uh, were, the, were the name of the two people. Nice people. And so we all decided to go to this um, off the island of Tanzania. Like you take a boat like a few miles off the coast of Tanzania to this uninhabited island where you kind of – you're supposed – it's like a full day thing. 
where you you lay out on the beach. They feed, they catch crabs and fish, and you get ca- crabs and fish on this uninhabited island, and you just kind of hang out and chill. The name of the island is called Bongoyo Island. So we went out to this Bongoyo Island, and we kind of just hung out. And part of the island is it's like it's it's part beach and it's part jungle. And so we, we started to walk out on the jungle part of this island. Um, I'm with me and my two friends. And then my two friends said, you know what? We're kind of tired of walking. We want to go back to the... We want to go back to the beach. And you can find this place, actually. If you want to look up Bongoro Island, you can find this actual place where I was, where this incident happened. And so my two friends walk back to the beach. I say, I want to continue working. And you have to understand, I want to continue walking through the jungle. You have to, con- you have to con- uh, consider what's going on in my head right now. I- I'm thinking about, this is my last day in Tanzania. I want to, I want to experience Tanzania. I want to venture. I want to explore. So my friends can go back and lay on the beach beach bums i'm gonna go explore and so i continue to head out and and here's where maybe my my boy scout instincts don't kick in i walk out when i'm walking around exploring i don't have any shoes on i just have i literally just have a t-shirt on and shorts where, where were your shoes i left the shoes on the beach all right where was your, walking around the island where was your passport all that was left on the beach i had a bag with my passport all that stuff left on the beach um my friends were watching it uh, so I thought they would take care of it. I didn't want to be, uh, you know, I thought I was just going for a walk on the island. I didn't think it was a big deal that I didn't have my backpack okay. or my shoes. So I continue to walk around. And then I eventually walk off off the path. Like, there's a path that goes to the island. And here's my second mistake. I start to walk off the path, which I probably shouldn't have done. But again, I'm just kind of, I'm seeing, I'm looking for animals in the forest. I'm having a good old time. And then I walk kind of off the, the major part of the island and go into the beach. And so I'm walking around on the beach and I'm looking at, like, I'm again, I'm having a good time seeing crabs. I'm seeing eels in the water there, in the shallow water. I'm seeing starfish. Like, really, I'm taking a lot of awesome pictures. I have my friend's camera. I'm taking sweet pictures. I'm having a great time. And I continue to walk around the island. But then something begins to fundamentally change with this island. Like, it goes from being beach to island to beach to cliff to island. So it's like a 10-foot cliff. Um, but again... It's cool, whatever. I'm walking around. And my kind of my ultimate goal is to walk around the island and meet back up with my friends on the beach. Because I don't. And, and in retrospect, I didn't realize how big this island was, like how long this island was. But it's actually a fairly long island. Um, so I'm walking around just kind of hoping at some point I, I, I see my friends. But again, I'm having a good time. I'm seeing all these fish. I'm seeing crabs. I'm seeing all these cool animals in, in the water. Eels kind of freak me out. But I see a lot of eels. It's kind of creepy. And actually... At one point, there was a lot of crabs, which kind of freaked me out as well. Um, but at any rate, I'm still having a good time. I'm walking around. But then something starts to happen. The tide starts to rise. And so the tide is like at my knees, and I can't get back on the island because there's this cliff. So I think, oh, that's kind of annoying. But again, I'm not freaking out yet. I'm still just walking around looking for my friends. But then like rather quickly, the tide rises higher and higher and higher. Until before I know it, the tide is over my head, and I am swimming. <laughs> and it, like it almost happens so funny. fast to where I'm swimming, and I now realize this is I'm in a really bad position here. Oh, like I have no way to get back on the island. I'm swimming, um, and th- there's really there's no way to get back on the island. And meanwhile, to be honest, for the first part of it, 
I'm swimming like with one arm because I'm trying to hold my friend's camera up out of the water because I don't want to mess. I don't want to ruin my friend's camera. And so eventually I realized it's either me or the camera. One of us has to go. Sorry, camera. So I took the camera onto the island. I say, if I can, if I can, we'll go back for it later. And I, I took the camera onto the island and I just start swimming. And a couple of things are happening while I'm swimming, right? What you have to keep in mind. The, the waves are crushing me against this cliff of the island and kind of pulling me back out. So I'm kind of being tossed like a, a rag doll, a rag doll against the, against the island and then back out. Against the island and back out. And and if the if the tide's coming up, that means the sun's got to be going down. Yeah, you know, at this point it was probably I don't know, I didn't have a watch on, but it's probably like one o'clock, maybe two oh, o'clock. Okay. All right. So it wasn't it wasn't getting evening yet. Like I still have plenty of time to meet up my friends because we were both supposed to go back to the mainland around four o'clock. So I, I'm swimming, and a couple other things you have to keep in mind: not only being tossed like a rag doll. But every time, or, or often when I'm tossed to the bottom of the seafloor, because the wave tossed me against the wall and tossed me to the bottom of the seafloor, like, my feet are, are landing on the seafloor, and they're full of these black sea urchins, oh, these yeah. black things with spikes. Yeah. And for literally weeks after, I was pulling these spikes out of my feet, because they just got stuck up there. Very painful, because I had bare feet. And so this is all happening. And eventually, it gets to the point where... It's not even tossing me against the ocean floor anymore. Like, I'm just straight swimming. I'm just straight swimming. And I'm not a great swimmer. I'm a decent swimmer. And, and, it, and it gets to the point where um, I, I think I'm going to drown. Like, there's, I see no possibility where I can get back on the island. And it's one of those points where, where survivor instincts kick in. But it's also one of those points where you realize, like, it's almost unbelievable. But you realize... I could die out here. Like, I could die. I could drown to death here. Like, this is unbelievable. I'm away from my family, my friends. No one's going to really know what happens to me. And I'm thinking about all these thoughts. I'm thinking, I could die out here. And then something kicks in where you, you, I'm not going to die. And you just keep on swimming. And even when you think you can't swim anymore, you just keep on swimming and swimming and swimming. And you would go, I would go around every kind of bend in the, in the cave or in the, in the, on the island, every, around every cliff. And I think, maybe there I'll see my friends and I'll see the beach. But I keep on swimming, 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 nothing, nothing. And I keep on swimming, nothing. Have we run out of time? Should we, should we pick, up, pick up the story next time? Ne- next month. <laughs> next Section month. Three, 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 six. So See, find out if Matt survives. <laughs> spo- spo- spoiler alert, I survived. <laughs> so finally I get to the point where I, I, I literally can't think I can swim anymore. Um, but I'm able to make it around one more bend before I give up. And, 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 and in that little, there's like a little nook in the island and in that little nook, like it rises and there's a patch of beach. And so I'm able to swim to this patch of beach and I'm able to kind of make it to this patch of beach and kind of sit and relax for a minute. But like, I'm still not on the island yet. There's still this cliff in my way. And I sit there for a minute and then I realize the tide's starting to rise higher and higher. And soon this little patch of beach is going to be covered with water as well. But the cliff's a little bit lower, and from here, I'm able to kind of climb the cliff and climb back onto the island. So I make it back onto the island. And here's where the story begins. (laughs) (laughs) So I make it back on the island. My feet are, are in just atrocious pain, and the island is made up of, I don't know what it's made up of, but it feels like kind of how like, um, um, like lava would harden. 
like just sharp, jagged edges. No smooth rocks. No smooth rocks no whatsoever. No sand. No, absolutely. Like jagged rock. And so my feet already in pain because of sea urchins. Um, I can't. I literally cannot walk on this rock. So I'm like crawling. I'm like crawling. And 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 I and I crawl. And I my my goal is to get back and find my friends. So I start to crawl through the island. And I make it about five feet in, maybe ten feet in. And the brush and the thorns are so thick that I can't make it through anymore. Yikes! Like it's literally just like this is hard to imagine, but I literally couldn't go. Like, it sounds silly, but I couldn't go any further because everywhere the brush thorns were so thick. I was getting all scratched up and I just couldn't go any further. And so I go back to, to, to where I climbed up on, on the island and I kind of there's a little precipice there. And I wait and I think to myself, well, I should say before I did that, when I climbed back onto the island, I, I passed out like I took a nap. <laughs> like I was literally just so exhausted. I, I fell over and I slept. And when I woke up. It looked like, judging from the sun, you know, the old, I didn't have a, a, a watch or a cell phone or anything, but judging from the old sun, you know, the 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock thing with the, with the hand. Yeah. Um, it sundial. Looked, it's we're a familiar sundial. with clocks. The, no. old, the old sundial. <laughs> He's talking about the sundial. I got I'm talking you. about the, that sundial. The sun looked like it was certainly on the, on the decline. I was guessing probably about 3 or 4 o'clock. And so at this point, I wait. I go to the, the edge of the island. And I think to myself, we were supposed to leave about 4 or 5. When they realize I'm not there, like this is an American gone missing in Tanzania. This is kind of a big deal. They'll send a boat around for me. My friends will let them know and they'll send a boat around for me. So even at this point, I'm not stressing out because my friends will come look for me. Right, because you're American. I'm American. They, they That's right. Let, they won't let an American die. I'm American, gosh darn it. <laughs> and, I, and, and more than that, though, I wasn't thinking that much that I'm American. But I was thinking I was with two friends. And my two friends, quote unquote friends, my two friends will look out for me. And so... I'm sitting, I'm waiting on the edge, on, on the precipice, I'm waiting, and honestly, I, I'm waiting for a boat to come that I can wave down and hop on. And hopefully they'll have your shoes in your bag. And passport, and... <laughs> and all those things, right? right? But, I mean, at this point, I'm not even thinking about the passport, I just want to get off this island and meet my friends again. But this is probably a good time to look at what was going on in the United States at this time. Because what was going on back home is those friends had left the island... And went and got help. Oh, I want to clarify. One friend left the island. The other friend stayed and looked for me all night. Okay. Really? Yes. All right. So while looking, that's a smart move. Though. While looking, they could not find Matt, and they got the uh, U.S. diplomat involved. So the U.S. diplomat called to say that Matt was missing, and this was when my family was all excited because Matt's coming home in two days. So the hard part was done. He was on vacation. And we get the phone call that he was missing. Now, my, my family's not a globetrotting family. We don't have a bunch of maps in the house. I get the call while I'm at work, <laughs> and I get the call to come home and help my parents out. Because you can imagine how, how you would be as a parent if you were told your son was missing in Africa. So Gigi, our mom, <laughs> says, we need a map. So the only person that had a map in the house was Robin. So, we go and grab Robin's map. Robin, Rob- Robin is your sister. We yes, should my sister. This is kind of cool. I don't know if I've ever heard the story in, 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 in fullness like this. So, we, we, all had, we all took geography classes and stuff, so you would think we'd have a map in there. That's not where we had a map. You'd think maybe the internet, but it was a while ago and we didn't have a map there. The map that we had was Robin's shower curtain, which was a map <laughs> of the U.S., so all Gigi knows 
all my parents know is Matt is missing on an island off the coast of Africa. Little tiny islands don't show up on a map that you wear as a shower that you hang in your. So it was a map of the world, not a map of the U.S. You said U.S. Oh, sorry, it was a map of the world, and the only island is Madagascar. It's the only island off Africa in that map, so he must be on Madagascar. Uh, or something that's not on this map. So Bangoyo that, that Island so that no, Bangoyo Island doesn't show up on right, most maps. Right. So I have this distinct memory of laying out that shower curtain in the kitchen floor to figure out where Matt is. Um, and then, um, as time went on, and they said, "All right, we've searched for Matt," and they've they've told my parents, and they've told uh, your girlfriend Emily. Yeah, now your wife. And in fact, she, she I think she was the emergency contact right. information. So she got the first call. And she was actually in the middle of taking her big nursing test that would decide if she was a nurse or not when she got the phone call. And thankfully, like she was already in the testing room, so her, her phone was turned off. Um, and so when she was driving home, she listened to the message and saying, you know, this is the ambassador from America, right. Tanzania. Um, would that be Mark, emergency contact Mark Green? I'm not sure it's, what his it's name probably was. Probably changed. If there's if there's a picture, I'm he was appointed uh, August 23rd, 2007. Okay, the Maybe. ambassador to Tanzania. Okay, it might have been him. Is there is there a picture with it? I can find it. I do remember that the only bad side about that voicemail from that Emily got is then because of the time difference, we couldn't get a hold of anyone to find out any more info. Right. And I remember, I do remember when I got to my parents' house. I remember Emily there upset. I remember my parents upset. When they said that you were probably dead, our dad took off, like left the house. Did they use those words that he is probably dead? Were those words used? Yes, that a shark probably got you. <laughs> oh, a shark. I, you know, that's actually a new theory to that, me. That, that, I, yeah. I, I there heard, are worse ways to go. I heard pirates. Ooh. I heard puff adder snakes. I think it was a shark. I don't remember. But here's what – and you know what? This might have been even before – we Not that talking. I want you dead, but pirates would have been the way to go. So how would you handle this? These situation? aren't these. This is not, not Johnny Depp pirates, Bert. <laughs> so right. Bert, Bert, dude, combine you, the two shark pirates. Yes. So Bert, you you know our dad. How would you handle if he ran out the front door of his house, running up and down the street, saying Matt's dead? I know he's dead. Matt's dead. He's dead. He's dead. And crying and running up and down the stairs, the 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 street, saying that his son is dead. How would I handle him? Yeah. I would leave him alone. Because I'm then... <laughs> right. Well, see, That's his problem. Here's the problem. I'm then there as the oldest son having to deal with it and calm down my dad, calm down my mom, tell them all, I'm sure that's fine. I'm sure God's in control. I, I We just got to wait. We just got to sit here and look at this He's going to be curtain. doubting Thomas. Until I see his body, he is alive. <laughs> right. Dad, dad went in full panic mode. And I remember chasing him up the up the street and getting him in. So that that's how things were at the U.S. So let's go back on the island. So there it was, <laughs> on the precipice, in the evening time, waiting for my boat to come. Needless to say, my boat never came. I never saw any help the entire night. And I and when it got dark, I realized, oh crap, I'm gonna spend the night out here. And I remember two th- two distinct thoughts going through my head. One, actually three distinct thoughts. The first one, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. The second one was, I hope my, I hope they didn't call my parents because my parents would probably be freaking out. That's probably right. And the third, like I was, I just, I hope they didn't, my parents didn't find out because 
my parents probably think I'm dead or they're flipping out. My my third thought was my flight left the next day at eight a.m. I wanted to get home. I miss my girlfriend. I miss my family. My flight left at eight a.m. I miss my 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 Orioles. I miss my baseball. My flight left at eight My my flight left at eight a.m. I tickets to the Orioles game the next day. This was this was the end of May June. The Orioles were in mid season. Yeah. They were doing good till you caught back. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's true too. I remember my parents got my deck on uh, saying how well they were doing, and so I said, at, at, I'm, "I'm getting off this island." All right. So I said to myself the whole night, and I spent the night out there on the island, and a couple of freaky things. It was like kind of the cartoons when you look in the forest and you see the 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 red and green eyes, and you're playing that music like it's a joke. But I'm serious. I saw. Kind of the red, the green, the yellow eyes in the forest staring back at me throughout the night. Yeah, that's the scariest thing in the world. And then I would be sitting there. Like, I didn't sleep because it's jagged rock, so there's no comfortable spot. My feet are aching. I'm freezing because I'm wet. I'm still a little wet, and the wind's blowing hard because I'm right on the edge. And it's loud because you can hear the waves crashing right beside me all night long. And every now and then, I would feel something run across my legs. Like, I didn't know what it was. Like an island rat or something, but something large run across my legs. What's that? <laughs> and so I, I was singing. I was literally singing gospel songs, Christian songs at the top of my lungs to keep the little animals away. Because when I was singing, the animals stayed away. And this is how I spent the night. The entire night. Um, but the whole night, as I was singing songs to keep the rats away or whatever it was away, I was, I was saying to myself... The second the sun rises, I don't care how much my feet hurt. I don't care how thick the brush is. I am getting off this freaking island. I am making my way back to this island, and I'm going to make my flight at 8 o'clock. So I wait all night. The sun rises. I can see, and I take off through the island. I get about 15 feet in. I just can't go any further. Like, there's no way. I just can't. I literally can't go any further. So I walk back to the edge of my island, dejected, and I sit there, and I wait. Hours go by, and then a fisherman comes by. A tennis, a little fisherman in his little little boat, a little fishing boat, and I have my shirt off, and I'm like wave, I'm jumping up and down, I'm waving him down, and he gives me a big smile and a wave, and he keeps on going, <laughs> and I'm furious. Take me back to America. <laughs> I'm furious, but he actually—I actually said um, I—I was kept on shouting Swahili. I need help, um, but he actually went and did get help. He—he uh, he actually went and got help and got the boat that was around looking for me, apparently. And then the motorboat came that was looking for me, and I was able to jump into the water and swim to the motorboat and hop into the motorboat, and they—and they motored me back to to Tanzania. And it was—it was like a scene out of. Um, What's Castaway. that? Castaway. Because I had not shaved for six months prior to this, <laughs> so I, ha- I really had like a full-on beard. Um, and as as I came back to 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 land, and coincidentally, out of all the strange African names, that fisherman's name was Bob Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true, right, Captain I, Phillips? I, I I never learned his name, but I am still um, to this day I'm still well remembered. On Bungoyo Island as the boy who got lost. <laughs> and when I got home, uh, when I got back to Tanzania, the ambassador um, was waiting for me. And he, I remember this distinctly. Weird memories that you remember so distinctly. 
I remember you offered to buy me breakfast. And I remember I was so hungry. And I remember I was so, like, I literally could not stop shaking, whether it was out of nerves or being cold or a little bit of both. I couldn't stop shaking. And so I asked for hot oatmeal. And I burnt my tongue so badly. <laughs> like, just the worst burnt tongue you can imagine. Because it was steaming hot. And I just took a big spoonful right away because I was so hungry and cold. Um, but at any rate, I did miss my flight. We had to take another flight a couple days later. And, um, and, I, and I flew back. And now I have um, a really cool story to tell. Well, and meanwhile, your dad was still pacing up and down the street yes. like three days later. Uh, it, was very, it was very awkward. Yes, and unfortunately, the one of the girls I was with, and the, and the boy, bless his heart, the boy spent the whole night. My my friend I was there with spent the whole night running across the island, shouting my name. But like I was right by the edge of the island where the cliffs were, where the waves were crashing against the cliffs, so it was so loud that even if he was like a hundred yards behind me, I wouldn't be able to hear him. Cause so he the, stayed the out there so too, but he was like on the comfy side. No, no, he stayed out there throughout the entire night looking for me with right? with other guys, with other Tanzanians, with the search team, with the search team, the girl. Who was also there with her? She went to the back to ten. She went back to the mainland, and she called and she started calling people. Right, and that's how my parents found out. I guess right. I, don't, I don't. I guess so. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that worked. But so there was this other guy and a group of Tanzanians looking, looking for, for you all night long. All night long, and and then they said they sent the boat around the island multiple times and didn't find me. I don't. I still was, don't know how that's possible. Well, it was probably while you were passed out, you were napping, or or one of your I, uh, attempts to get through the brush. I know, but I never got that far, and they were like motorboats, so I would think I would be able to hear them. But yeah. but again, you said the crashing waves. Yeah, it's true. I yeah, it's true. I'm not, I'm not saying that they weren't searching for me. Uh-huh. You're saying suspicious. they were lying. No one was. No one cared about the American. <laughs> I was. A, I, oh, it's true. Like in the middle of the night, I remember thinking that. Like I'm pissed that no one's coming to find me. <laughs> like what the heck? <laughs> you thought you were a cool guy. Like I was kind of pissed at my friends. Aren't you supposed to find me? Isn't this? What the heck? You know, now now that we've got the story down and we've got it recorded, yes. we, can, we need to start uh, selling the story. We need we need a, um, a movie movie rights movie rights. Hey, if yo. you want to get in touch with touch with a Steven Spielberg or J.J. Abrams, J.J. Um, Abrams, there'll be some weird smoke monster in there at night with you. Hey. That's right. You think loss is cool? Every man has his price. So so get in touch and you can you can have my story for a certain price. Get on Google Maps and look for Bongoyo Island. Yes, Bongoyo Island. It, I'm looking at it right now, and it's crazy to think that Matt spent the night out there that's, that's, smashing against rocks. And I was. I didn't know. I wasn't thinking about this afterwards. I, was, I mean, I wasn't thinking about this at, at the time. But afterwards, people come to tell me, you could have drowned. Well, I thought about drowning. But you could have been eaten by a puff adder snake, which I guess is a deadly snake that was on the island that the, paralyzes you. Right. Or those eels. Or the eels, electric eels. Or there are, I mean, this is near Samaria, which has all the pirates, Captain uh, Phillips. You could have been taken um, by a pirate. I could have been taken by pirates. There are pirates in that area off the Pacific. So it's... If you got taken by pirates, what kind of thi- what kind of ransom do you think you could have gotten? Me? Yeah. Oh, at least two mil. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty Because fair. I don't think they're really ransoming the parents. They're more ransoming the government, yeah, right? For a... a, a Young white male in his twenties, American. I think two million is pretty safe. Yeah. yeah, I had the beard. I don't know if that would detract from it. Like, it kind of looks like a hobo. They might shave you to get uh, to make me look a little presentable, a little more right. presentable. Get a little more money. Put, put, put you in a nice suit. How much did Captain Phillips go for? I don't know. I haven't seen know? the movie. Yet. I haven't seen the movie. Here, I'm going, I hear though. it's good. I want to go see it. I bet I would go for at least as much as Captain Phillips did because I was younger, probably a little more attractive. <laughs> um, if Tom Hanks playing the role, probably a little more attractive. 
So I would I would say I would go at least now maybe I don't have as much talent as as, as Captain Phillips, but at least as much as Captain Phillips. That, can. This was in two thousand seven. Yeah. Okay. How old were you then? I was I was, was twenty three. Yeah, I was twenty seven. Josh, you were twenty seven. Yep. Yep. Twenty three. Yeah. Man. I was thirteen. You young and like, na- young and naive. Intern was only thirteen. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. That's just makes <laughs> <me> feel. <laughs>